Welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Peaked Too Early Podcast, as West Ham lose to 15th-placed Leeds, and Blake certainly wishes Newcastle were in 15th place. I am Blake Munchell. I am joined by the lovely Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you? Hello. I am well. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, a sad loss yesterday. Um, I actually... <laughs> we'll get into it, but I actually like couldn't watch the whole thing i was getting so annoyed i turned it off and then i turned it back on again and then harrison scored his third and i turned it back off again so i was a bad west ham fan this weekend i wasn't sticking behind my team when they weren't playing yeah. well nevertheless i certainly mm-hmm. <laughs> as most weeks i wish i did not watch the entire newcastle match but i did um i did not watch leeds beat west ham though no, um, no. I'm looking forward to talking about it, though. I think it's it, it was an interesting match. Um, other than that, I'm doing fine. I have had the day off. We're recording on a Monday. I wish we had three-day weekends every single weekend, Blake. Um, that would be great for the pod, especially, uh, and our overall yeah. well-being. <laughs> I was, we certainly would get uh, podcasts out on we time would. more frequently. No, but I'm um, delighted to be back, and we have, um, yeah, we have a few, few good matches to, to look at. Um, Good, some good, some good storylines. I think out emerged from the Premier League over the past what ten days. Yes, it's been a weird gap of time, um, and while a lot of matches have been played since the last time we recorded, not an astronomical amount because just so mm. many matches have been COVID. postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID, yeah, COVID outbreaks or a singular COVID case. Uh, as for the Aha, yes. Derby, um, a match we cannot talk about, but maybe no. we can talk about. Yeah, uh, we should. The yeah, implications. Yeah. The implications, of absolutely. A delay. Um, but we will start with uh, a certain Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, Manchester United 1 mm-hmm. in uh, the match individually, not super important, but. Uh, Outs, other than you know the race for Europe, but outside of what happened, the implications and the writings on the walls and such. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, other than Wolves being a very good team, uh, that is like the first talking point. Uh, Wolves have, you know, reinvigorated their season, uh, and now are seriously pushing for Europe. Absolutely. Uh, this goal was uh, the deadlock was broken by Matinho um, from outside the box, um, and uh, the scoreline flattered Manchester United a little bit. Um, yeah, I think indeed. they really only had one chance, and it was uh, Bruno Fernandes missing what he should have scored. Um, he hit it about 180 miles an hour off the bar. Um, but I think most yeah, importantly was, about this yeah. match is uh, after Ralph Ranick's claim that he wants to be the permanent manager of Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, has he done enough to show that he deserves it? Is mm. the issues at Manchester United more than an interim manager can fix in a short amount of time, etc., mm. um, etc.? Et I want to know, yeah. you were quite high on Ralph Ranić's appointment. So, so I think this, yeah, this is interesting. I think I'm changing my mind a bit on Ralph Ranić. Um, I, I remember when he first came in, I was definitely advocating for um, his pedigree and as, you know, like a, a tactical guru or whatever, um, which is obviously still exists. Um, but I think that something that I personally overlooked was the transition from the type of actual coaching he's done or the level rather of coaching he's done to the a club, the, the profile of Manchester United. Um, and I think that the things, the factors that people were worried about have come to the fore much in, in, in a much more visible way than I th- thought. So for example, like uh, I mentioned back in that pod about Ralph Ranić's ego, and I thought that he, you know, he that might show itself further down the line. But he's already clearly fallen out with Cristiano Ronaldo and probably other a couple others in that dressing room, and doesn't seem to be particularly adept at managing um, those big egos in the club. 
I can imagine probably because he that's not his thing that's not you know that man management is not his forte um and I think he's probably the type to just be like why are people kicking up a fuss like I I just don't you know I don't get it I don't understand it's stupid um and Ronaldo you know loves to kick up a fuss we we all know that um and, and yeah and then other things like not having the correct personnel to implement his uh, style properly um I thought that he would be able to outmaneuver those issues within the squad um better than he he is doing um so for example i don't know what's up with fred but i thought fred would be playing more you know he seemed like a, a perfect ranik player or even you know do something with donny van der beek or do something with jesse lingard um utilize i thought he would utilize fringe players um better because uh some of those fringe players on paper have talents or traits that seem to suit his style more uh, and then you can see like players like rashford um what what's wrong with him like uh, you know or uh, bruno fernandes i know he scored three and two but you know with ronaldo in the team he's nothing um yeah it's not it's not going anywhere near as smoothly as i thought it would and i think his his ego is certainly getting in the way making claims about being the permanent manager um i don't know he's done nothing to to encourage that um anytime soon yeah it does you know in a way feel like the same issues have just kept on rolling um right and he hasn't really changed anything um yeah i mean i love to see it it's just i like when big teams have tons of internal drama and no for sure uh, most recently the the martial yeah uh, yeah i didn't even mention that him claiming that uh martial asked not to be played and then martial going on social media and immediately saying i would never say that yeah Um, you just love to see players openly questioning their managers yeah yeah i think (laughs) i mean and we'll talk about him in a bit but um ralph rania gives me gives me rafa benitez vibes his players don't like him right he's just not, not a very likable guy um and I, I, I think we'll talk more about that, or I definitely want to talk more about um, managerial styles when we touch on Benitez. But I just, I do think it's a real issue, especially in this dressing room. And yeah, you talked about Martial. You can talk about Jesse Lingard as well, Donny Van der Beek. Um, these players are just like binned out or not given a chance, or just yeah, left opening, openly questioning the the manager on social media, and it's just the vibe stinks um at manchester united and it's the opposite right ollie ollie was all about vibes and um you know and now it's now that the atmosphere is toxic and the football is terrible so i don't know where this is going yeah talking about uh toxic atmospheres and horrible football let's talk mm. about everton and norwich yes um, yeah yeah this match uh I feel like I've said it eight or nine times on this podcast. I can't believe Michael Keane is still a Premier League starting center back. Mm-hmm. Uh, scores an own goal in the 16th minute. Uh, kind of like a quintessential own goal. Um, other than the type where the ball is cut back and then the defender slides in to try to cut off that cutback and yeah. puts it in. This is like the second most classic uh, own goal. Uh, and then immediately afterwards, um, Adam Ida, who has had a really tough season so far, yeah, uh, gets slipped through by Brandon Williams, I believe. Yeah, Brandon um, Williams. And if you just look at Everton's back line on this play, they're forming, you can look at it like a Z, which is how I see it, but it's essentially two lines of three, mm-hmm. um, which is not how you want a back line to be set up, which, no. you know, a Rafa system that prides itself on defensive football, uh, you know, six months into his appointment, probably should be doing a little bit better. Yeah. Um, even though this match was at Norwich's ground, uh, the boos on the television broadcast were so loud from the traveling yeah. Everton supporters. Yeah. Um, which you just like, the writing was on the wall. Um, yeah. And also, uh, new signing Mikalenko would do the classic defender tries to pass back to the goalkeeper and leaves it way short 
playing Adam Ida in, um, who somehow messed that up. So they should have been three nil yeah, up. They should have been three, yeah. Um Richard Leeson would pull one back on I think only his second match played since his return from injury. What a goal. Um yeah, you know, Callum Wilson esque. Overhead um, kick, yes. And uh, Rashitza would hit the bar at the very end. Um, and immediately after the game, reports of Rafa being sacked and just waiting on formalities. And then we learned the following morning, uh, which would be, what, Sunday morning, that officially sacked. Um, yeah. So, questions for you. Okay. Uh, what's next for Rafa? Hmm. That's a really good question is one that I was thinking about this morning. Um, I'm honestly not sure. I think to touch more broadly on Rafa, for me, I I increasingly don't understand in the modern era managers who fail to man-manage properly. So, I, I mean, I'm sure you can enlighten me about his time at Newcastle. I know the fans loved him, but I, I've yet to listen to a player talk about how much they love Rafa Benitez. And I'm not saying you necessarily need to be loved like i don't know like players love ranieri or or klopp or whatever but um benitez's refusal to engage directly with players is a concerning trait for a a man who is in his 60s now despite um with all that wealth of experience i think it signals an inability an increasing inability to shift with the times um and i think you know he barely got away with this stuff at the height of his powers just you got to just listen to like just listen to Carragher or Crouch talk about Benitez and they they do a good job of acknowledging the fact that they had success under him but they're you know they're a stone's throw away from just basically saying the guy just sucks right and i think that's a, that's a real problem when your team isn't doing well and you are in charge of a, of a team the profile with the profile of Everton right so Everton and I think it's delusional. We all know it's delusional. But they believe that they should be in the Europa League-ish, you know, the Europe spots. So when you're in charge of a, of a team with that kind of fan base, and you've also had a history with their closest, you know, most fiercest rivals, and you're that far down the table, despite the fact that the team is under financial restrictions, and despite the fact that the injury record is absolutely dreadful, um, you, you, you have to be able to create a positive culture at the club like and he he just clearly makes no effort to do that so i think rafa is hungry and he'll get chances elsewhere where that is i'm not 100 percent sure syria i was thinking but i don't yeah, know what profile I, of club. yeah i don't know what profile of club right i would like to see him go to la liga or syria i just don't know what profile of club i could see him for example out of valencia um I think that that'd probably be pretty good. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I just think that he needs to show that he... And I don't think he will, but I, need, I think he needs to show that he can connect with players more. And, and from what I've heard, he's absolutely dreadful at that, and he always has been. So, you know. Uh, if he goes to Serie A, I would say Genoa, who are having... Just a horrendous oh, well, season. They just sacked um, Shevchenko, yeah. Uh, if he goes to Spain, I would say Celta Vigo. Um, although no, Spain's no, kind of can't. not Celta Vigo. Spain, Spain is wild with no. how tight the middle of the pack so, is. So um, you can't you can't go to Celta, Celta Vigo because um, their manager is like amazing. He's like this revelation. So they don't they don't need Rafa. He's playing this like ridiculous attacking football. Everyone is obsessed with him. Um, I think his name's Eduardo Cude. I think, and um, so that's off the table. Sorry, he, he, okay. they're they're too they're like brilliant under him. They're chaotic. They're anti Rafa. They win like six three or lose like five four all the time, and everyone loves it. But no, I I do agree with that level of club, right? So. That's why I sort of said Valencia, they have those financial issues. Well, I don't know, because he never get Rafa also never gets on with, with any of his owners. So maybe not Valencia, but yeah. It's now, it's now, uh, I don't think he's ever cared much, actually, uh, because he took on the Newcastle job, right? And he went down to the championship with them. I don't think he's ever particularly cared about necessarily. He's not like Mourinho. He's not insisting that he has to be 
hired by a club with a certain pedigree or, you know, and that's in quotes, or like, you know, a certain history of winning trophies. But I could see Rafa being a manager that fades into the background, which I already thought he was doing when he was out in China, but um, he needs to adapt. It's, it's, I think it frustrates me a lot um, that managers are still doing this. I don't really understand. Um, and I'm shifting him into the category of Mourinho, of doing, of just insisting on doing things that just clearly don't work. And again, that just signals a huge ego and, and it just kind of pisses me off, to be honest. Did Newcastle players like him or did the fans just love him? Like, uh, he was controversial. Yeah, there were some right? players like, who loved him, some players who yeah. uh, didn't love him. Lots of players really don't like him. Really don't like him. Um, but he's certainly not at the level that players disliked him at Everton. It was certainly... Um, I guess maybe part of it was the players he didn't like, he just straight up banished to our U23s. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's... So. I, know, I, 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 but I just don't understand that. Like... Uh, the the Dinier thing is an absolute disaster for Everton. That like, is my next... And that's, yeah, literally his fault. Sorry, go. Um, yeah, why allow Rafa to sell Dinier and then sack him 36 hours later? I have no idea. I think probably because Everton are cash-strapped and if Dinier was pushing for a move and Villa have the money, then it goes beyond Rafa, I guess. Um, but I, I think that also signals the, a fundamental mismanagement um, at the board level. And I think we, we know that already, that they, they, they don't particularly know what they're doing, um, Everton. Um, they don't have a good structure in place. And yeah. Yes, uh, linked to both the job at Everton and the job at Manchester United uh, is one Wayne Rooney, uh, who yes. we'll talk about yeah. Darby later. But yeah. uh, I would love to see him at Everton. Um, I I would relegated. No, you do. I I don't want Rooney to go to Everton. Um, yeah, I think that would be a poor move for him. Um, the miracles this man is working at Derby. I think I think it's interesting to all intents and purposes. The guy is like a very promising manager. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, the situation at Derby is calamitous. They just they just had to release Yagyelka, who is, um. 39 but has been excellent for this them this season and moved to Stoke actually uh, and played uh he went straight into the team age 39 Stoke had been decent this season and ended and they ended their losing streak they won 2-0 um uh, they just sold Shinny one of their um one of their only you know sellable assets basically to Wigan in League 1 I think they're doing well in League 1 so um you know they're just losing players left right and center and of course Mike Ashley is hovering threatening to buy the club and and that that situation at derby is is just a fiasco but i think that rooney will do his reputation um he will do it will be better for his reputation to stay at derby than it would be to jump to everton in what is a sinking ship in everton and and you're right everton are literally in a relegation battle um currently so yeah yes between or amongst the seven bottom sides in the championship, so uh, places 18th through 24th, uh, in the last five games for all teams, there have only been five wins. Darby County have four of those wins. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, they so it would be the. They're on what? A 20 point reduction? 18 had 20. point reduction? 24 21 point reduction or something just unbelievable off, that would be the, the greatest i know yeah but they're currently yeah um it would be the greatest escape I yeah think. oh absolutely uh, ever for sure no they're doing we'll incredibly. talk about yeah we will talk about great escapes um i guess right now uh because moving on from norwich and everton uh is newcastle and watford mm. uh which really hurts me. Um, it was almost a great yeah. match. Um, it is just a continuation of Newcastle not understanding how to play football when other teams sit back and invite them to come at them. Um, they just cannot break down any team in the Premier League um, or in League One, apparently, or League Two. Um, right. 
I think the this match is like a headline on the 36 months of decline of Jamal Lascelles. Uh, when we were getting ridiculous offers, like 35, 40 million offers for yeah, him. From us. Um, yeah, from Chelsea, from yeah, West Ham. West Ham, yeah. We, um, we bid a solid 20, I think 26, 27 mil for him just like a year ago, a bit over a year ago. Um, yeah, uh, just at the death, uh, gets absolutely bullied uh, and concedes the equalizer. Um, this plus the Norwich result means Newcastle moved down to 19th, only above Burnley, who after today's delay uh, now have four matches in hand over Newcastle. Um, and realistically to achieve safety um you know they say you know 35 points 36 points um so that would be 23 more or 24 more points from now until the end of the season during the great escape that leicester city did in 2014 2015 they got 21 points from february 1st through the end of the season so you know we have 13 more days in january uh so we essentially have 13 more days to get two more points than Leicester City did during the Great Escape, uh, which is just a horrifying revelation. Yeah. Yeah, that is um, Yeah, but my God, if we go down, Newcastle are going to romp the championship. That'll be one of the most unfair seasons yeah. ever. And I think, yeah, I, I, I think that, that that's why you... Newcastle fans sort of have to, and I think that's what you're doing. You just have to sort of like take this as a long-term thing. And I hope that's what the owners are, um, are you know, believing as well. Um, this was when I saw, <laughs> I, I just was keeping an eye basically on the app that tells me what the scores are. And I was like, oh, look, this is like a really good victory. And then of course, once again, I was looking at you with the plus three points and still thinking at that point, oh man, like, they're still not in a good place. Like, they're in a really bad place. Um, and then, of course, when Joao Pedro equalized, I was like, damn, that's, that's, that's really bad, which is, which is the obvious thing to think, um, of course. Um, uh, yeah, I don't have uh, much more to add, I think, on any prospects or anything. I, I, I just I want to put it in the context of, you know, Norwich beating Everton and, and them legitimately being in it still. So if they're in it, you're in it kind of thing. Um, and I still think, I, 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 I was thinking the other day that Watford and Newcastle, in my opinion, you're basically the same level at this point. So I think it is a bit of a toss up. And I think the worry is the, I, I think Burnley are gone now. Um, and I still think Norwich are gone as well. But I think the, the worry is that Norwich, I guess, somehow managed to also claw themselves up to being basically on Watford and Newcastle's level of not being not very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. The the signing of Chris uh, of of Wood. What what did you think of that? How did he play? Uh, first half, Chris Wood was very good. Um, mm. In the second half, for some reason, Newcastle completely abandoned crossing the ball, uh, and I have no right. idea why. Um, we do a lot of really weird decisions like that, like things that work in the first half. In the second half, just totally give up on. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, goals were there for him. Uh, he was, you know, physically dominating the random names that Watford have peddled out in their back line. Yeah. Um, they yeah, signed Samir from Udinese, which is a call I made on the podcast. I know. I said I they would sign Samir from Udinese. Um, but, uh, you know, he didn't have a great match. Um, no. I will say their left back that they signed from Nice. Oh, yeah, he was excellent. Good. Yeah, he, he was, was very so good. good. Yeah. Um, looked right at place, which, you know, two years ago was the be best, left, le best left back in League 1. So um, sure. has made the switch quite well. Um, yeah. Yeah, love the Chris Wood signing. Um, yeah, I wasn't aware he was so, like, kind of awkward and not very outspoken yeah he's very quiet um, yeah he's super quiet super mm -hmm. quiet dude um yeah. he's and, super quiet uh, unless he it's really cute because he's super quiet unless he gets to talk about his sister 
And then he 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 like there's that one interview where he just like just gushing about his sister, who I think she's a I can't remember what sport she plays, but it's back in New Zealand or whatever. Um, yeah, I think you. Sorry, I know I interrupted you. I just want to get one more thing in: is that you you have to keep how is slash when you go down. I, I think that that is clearly something that's worked well, at least from my position as a sort of like some uh, someone keeping an eye on it who's not a fan. Um, I think you, he has legitimately improved the football. Um, I think he's made the squad much fitter. I think the players clearly uh, sort of respect him. And crucially, he's drama-free. He never says anything that pisses anyone off. Um, and so I think, I think he's an important cog in the wheel right now. Yeah. First, I think he's kind of annoyingly drama-free. Uh, right. His interviews are the most boring things yes, he's just, he's in a very, the world. Yeah, yeah. Anything he gets asked, he goes, uh, I don't know. I'm, a, I, I'm too busy thinking about what I need yeah. to improve on. He's like, but oh, I have you had time like to that enjoy? Right now. Yeah. yeah. He's you like, need calm. You... you need it. Yeah. Yeah. They keep trying to get him to like talk about the city of Newcastle. And, you know, yeah. If he enjoys it up here. And he's like, don't know. I just go back and forth between my apartment yeah. and the training ground. I mean, um, you know, it's COVID. But yeah, no, I think you yeah. need that right now. The calmness. Um, it's needed. I fully 100% am still behind um, Eddie Howe. There have been some grumblings on two fronts. One what? is the uh, the sudden availability of Rafa Benitez. Um, no, of course, no, will no, cause no. a few whispers from people who adore Rafa Benitez. And uh, he should no, rightfully be adored at Newcastle, but his time is over. And unless it says the, a technical yeah. director... Um, the team's moved on. The team's moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, I will say it's just like an aspect of football. Like any Newcastle supporters can see how much he's improved in Newcastle. But mm-hmm. despite all the improvement, the results still sure. aren't there. Only yeah. one win in 10, which for yeah. any football manager is a bad record. Oh, yeah. It's um, so the grumblings are sort of there by a very small section of the fan group. But the longer he goes on without a win, the more and more people are going to start grumbling. So um, while I personally support him, there's certainly the potential for things to go south very quickly. Um, especially if we like, yeah. you know, we have one match between now and February 1st. So if we win that match, we're in a better place than Leicester during their great escape. Yeah. But if we lose that match, Against Leeds, who is a team I believe we have never beaten in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, it's, we're in a worse situation and it's just going to be a nightmare. Well, speaking of Leeds, um, let's move on to my nightmare, I guess, of the weekend, which was oh, um, yeah. West Ham. Nightmare. Yeah, not not quite a nightmare. Losing a three-two at home to Leeds United, falling to a Jack Harrison hat trick, which was his first um, professional hat trick, and also the first hat trick. Oh, I saw some strange stat that Leeds had in since nineteen twenty something. I I don't know. That seems crazy, but I definitely saw something like that. Um, this was a frenetic game. Uh, I think for the neutral, it was certainly extremely entertaining, and I also think that despite the fact they had no personnel um leads were back to the, the the levels that they had been um in that first season they came up under bielsa uh they were extremely energetic um and they were playing very fast tempo football um and they were they were devastating down the wings and of course jack harrison was a big part of that um it was a it was a very very fast start and therefore they got an early lead um and while i wouldn't say actually we weren't at sea after that um first goal we actually grew um slowly back into the game and it accumulated in that man jared bowen um equalizing off a set piece after a a few corners in a row um he he got it was a woeful defending uh, off a set piece from leeds frankly um because he's like five eight and he just darted in and um he had a free header um uh Dawson just a, a few moments ago had a header that he put wide off of when he was totally free as well so it, it was coming um uh, and then you know we we equalize and um 
immediately four minutes later we concede again jack harrison uh once again and and this is where the uh, the the afternoon started to get bad because our defense lost all confidence and they were once again um rubbish um so foul who i thought had a sadly awful game um kept uh, jack harrison on side after a luke ailing flicked on header um he, they went 2-1 up uh, and then uh, it, it was all leads for the end of that first half um dan james actually got himself in a really good position but smacked i mean it was he wasn't very good either he smacked it over not even it barely some shot that went into the stands um and uh then four nows equalized um right after the break this was an excellent goal actually um some great uh, footwork um by pablo uh and um it, it lifted the crowd i thought and um uh, we all thought sitting at home that as we have done so far or even in the past 18 months we would actually grow a lot in confidence all across the pitch with this second equalizer sort of you know, this was meant to be the moment where the players got it in their heads that they had made a couple of mistakes and weren't playing particularly well, but we have attacking prowess and we can build from this and confidence, etc. And then and then Jack Harrison again um just had acres and acres and acres of space um down that left flank and, and so foul was just the positioning was dreadful. He he pushed up to put pressure on and, and he left a just an enormous gap. Um on that left-hand side, and that it really bothered me. I was just looking at the TV, like, "What the hell was that?" Um, just awful. Um, and yeah, he put it in for the third. Um, throughout this entire time, so far in the match, and I think you know, Harrison scored in the his third in the 60th minute. Um, Twitter was blowing up with stuff about Diop, who possibly had his worst game in a West Ham shirt, which is saying something because I don't know what's happened to this guy um, after such a promising start when he was a youngster, but he he's just, he looked abject today, just literally didn't know what he was doing. Um, Click scored uh, again, but VAR overruled it. Um, I think it was Rodrigo who was offside. Um, and then at the death after, to be fair, West Ham kept up the frenetic pace. Um, the game never really petered out. At the death, um, there was a, a cross-in that got a deflection, and Bowen tried to adjust his body to chest it in, but missed. I, I think it was a bad miss, and I think people are probably ignoring it a bit because Bowen has been in such great form. I don't think it was awful, personally. Um, I think the deflection made it very difficult to control, but yes, he should score. He should get his own... Uh, he should get his double. And... Perhaps we should come away with a point, but um, yeah, a, a, a not fantastic run of form at current. Um, and I think you know I've been predicting it for a couple of months. I think uh, that's down to personnel and it's down to the amount of games that we've played. Um, I got very very frustrated the other day when I was listening to a pundit talk about how great it is that West Ham have so much depth. Like He was like, look at the players you can bring on. And he was like, they can bring on Masuaku and Yarmolenko. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, Yarmolenko is one of the worst players yeah, I've ever seen. I was going to say. Like, he is the laziest fucking player. Like, he just doesn't want to be there, right? So it's like, yes, okay, yes, Yarmolenko is a good player, but not for West Ham, he's shit. So don't don't come at us being like, look at that depth that West Ham have, because that is rubbish. Um, that annoyed me. I don't know. Um, I haven't even... There's, there's just been no, no rumors, really, of any additions. I don't think anything's going to happen in January, and that's fine. Um, we're, we're high up the league. Um, I think we were always going to drop off. I've given up on Lingard. At this point, I don't, e I don't even know if I'm... I don't know what's going on with the guy. Um, clearly, he doesn't want to come to West Ham, so whatever. Um, we desperately need Zuma back. I, we desperately miss Ogbonna. It's fine. I think we'll we'll end up. I'm sure top half. Um, there's still good performances in us. Um, and West Ham, West Ham. Um, you know, we literally just beat on 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 December 28th. You know, not long ago we smashed smashed Watford 4-1, and we just beat Palace 3-2, and 
and Norwich 2-0. So this is the first loss in a while, and that's fine. Um, yeah, um, I will say West Ham and Newcastle, both rumored in for Fenerbahce's Hungarian central defender, Attila Shalai. Um, oh, yes. Who just big, meat-headed, like one of those six foot three, 200-pound center backs. So, uh, yeah, I, I want Nat Phillips. I'll oof. say it. I want Nat Phillips. Why not? Better than Diop. Better than Craig Dawson. Better than Craig Dawson. And he will be a stopgap, and he's young. And I genuinely think he's a good player. I really do. I think he's Premier League quality. Um, and I, I think well, he's Premier League quality for a certain level right now. And then maybe we'll see. Maybe he'll improve when he's older. He's just a quiet, calm, fine player. And that is an upgrade on Dawson and Diop, frankly. So, Yes. Um, Newcastle also heavily linked to yes. Nat Phillips. Um, and as much as I don't really rate him um, as a Premier League player, um, I think he's one of those players where like, he'd be the best defender in the championship. Um, and right. you know, those don't always make the jump up. Um, I will say, as much as I don't like it, and I personally would prefer him not to sign for Newcastle, he certainly is a better center back than many of the center backs Newcastle currently have. So, absolutely. Well, I don't like think he's Premier League. Him. Yeah, well, I don't think Nat Phillips is Premier League quality. I think <laughs> there are six center backs at Newcastle that aren't Premier League quality either. So, you know, if the people who get paid to make footballing decisions, which, you know, I certainly don't. Um, I run a podcast where I give my unsolicited opinions on football. Uh, mm-hmm. If they think he'd be a good signing for Newcastle, I'll take him in a heartbeat. Um, right, right. But, uh, also being linked to Diego Carlos and uh, these ridiculous signings. So we'll see Horrible. what happens. If uh, that happens, I give up. I don't... How the fuck? He's so good. Um. Yeah, um, let's actually keep talking about transfers and let's talk about some yeah. uh, interesting ones that have happened. Um, oh, just um, real, real quick. Oh, I guess we can talk about it. Coutinho, just his impact on the, the Man U match. Um, but we can talk about that right now, I guess. If you want to talk about Coutinho to Villa? Yes, let's start there. Um, in a move that I thought would backfire massively, uh, it most certainly did not. Well, so far. Uh, ends up. Yeah. Ends up. You know, class players. Mm. You know, stay class unless you go to Barcelona. Sure. So. Well, yeah. Well, I think this is interesting because it's, for me, it's, it's, it's giving a, it's giving a bit of a James Rodriguez vibe right now. And I think that James Rodriguez was legitimately very good for Everton. Um, and then something happened once again behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. That was bizarre too. Um, but Coutinho, I think, has a uh, higher ceiling to be, uh, you know, a, a very good Premier League player at a, um, an older age. James Rodriguez physically gave up. Coutinho seems fine. Um, yeah, it was really cool to see him back in the Prem because I mean, he's honestly a bit of a Prem legend, um, you know, just because, not necessarily because of anything he's won, but he was such a star starlet right he was just such a a, um a player in 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 the bright lights um and you know he left he left liverpool back in the days when when barcelona coming in for you was still such a a huge deal right it was that was still it was just sort of just tiny bit prior to this to this shift of la liga sort of going downhill and and the premier league consolidating itself as the place to go um and so yeah, I think this this is a really interesting signing, and I think uh, I think that he, hopefully he'll he'll do well. It was weird seeing him in a Villa shirt. Um, the little dribble he did uh, was fantastic on the weekend, and I love the fact that he came on and and made sure that Manu didn't win. Excellent. I thought this was a permanent signing, but it ends up it's just a loan. No, it's signing, a loan. Which it's a loan. I like a lot more. Yeah, for Villa it's much better, and I think. I think that Coutinho will have to have a ridiculous impact for Villa to um to to pay to pay that money for him. 
he'll have to not not get injured from here till May, and I think he'll have to contribute double figures in goals and assists. You know, the the two of them for for them to consider buying him at, at his age. Yeah, um, I also would like to point out the uh, you know the the mark of ambition by Aston Villa. Oh uh, yeah, shown this January, not giving a flying rat's ass about the premiums you have to pay in January. Um, you know, they're just real signs of ambition. Um, Absolutely, matched only by maybe Newcastle this January. Mm. Um, yeah, they're very, they're just rich. They're rich, rich, rich Villa, and of course they bought in Luca Digne for for a fair sum as well. He played excellently. Um, he looked like a guy with a point to prove for sure. Maybe a little bit too much at times because he was he was getting stuck in. That's for sure. Um, but he looked excellent um, as well. And I felt I feel bad for Matt Target because I like Matt Target. He's fine, but Digne is way better than him. So I don't think Matt Target is going to get many minutes from now on. Um, yeah, straight into the lineup, and 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 Gerard is still, still doing an excellent job with Villa. Um, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see. I was looking at the team the other day, and I was like, "This is a ridiculous team." I mean, uh, McGinn wasn't even playing. McGinn on his day is one of the best midfielders outside the top four in the in the league, and and they have, oh my god, I mean they have Bailey, who's not you know he's been injured and. It's it's ridiculous. They and Triores at Afcon. They have a they have a ridiculous team. I was I was thinking that if they sign in the summer a big name centre back, right? So for example, if they what if they if they went and signed Diego Carlos from Sevilla, that would just be like you know. Then everywhere on the pitch, they'd have they'd have players that I think could could easily you know be be important even if utility players for for a top four side right like you know they they got a really good squad going yeah uh sorry I'm villa scare me villa really yeah. scare me yeah uh, let's uh briefly touch on ainsley Maitland maitland niles to roma mm-hmm. yeah. i think just a smart move for his career plus yeah, for sure. Shrewd yeah. signing for Roma. Yeah, um, I think he's worth a lot more than the twenty million they paid for him. Um, right, and uh, he, he's something like he transferred to Roma and started the match the next morning. Um, just yeah, um, mm-hmm. he's a good player. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's he is a very good player. Um, yeah, as for other little transfers you're looking at um the the latest news is that brentford have offered uh, christian erickson a six-month contract um which is kind of cool um that that would be well actually you know what i'd be scared to watch him on a pitch um same i think we're all collectively a bit traumatized from what we saw but um you know uh what's his name in for ix uh blint plays with the exact same thing that um with the the icd that um Ericsson has and he's played with it for a few years now and he's fine so um you know i guess if 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 a team like brentford says it's fine then i'm sure it's fine um that would be interesting to see um yeah uh you could talk about uh, let's do a couple rumors and then i want to talk to you about uh, i want you to talk to me about trippier um to newcastle i just wanted to touch on uh adama Traore. uh you reckon he'll leave what do you think is going to happen there? Finally scored is, on the weekend. Um, yeah, what is uh, being rumored right now? A Spurs. Like Spurs. A Conte nah, wants I, I him. Conte wants him at happens. wing back. Um, that's the rumor. I think he should stay. Um, just I, think he I think he will leave, though. Well. He will leave. Um, I think he will leave in the summer. His his contract is running down, and I think in a, in another league, he people wouldn't mind so much about his lack of um, sort of goal scoring output um, I wanted to yeah I said Phil Jagielka to Stoke at 39 is kind of insane oh, I wanted to uh, shout out Nani moved to um, Venezia um, I thought that was kind of cool he got an assist on the weekend I think um, yeah still going age 34 and um, yeah Trippier to Newcastle um, have we talked about this yet 
No, we have not. It was rumored, I think, when we were uh, talking most recently. Uh, yeah, Kieran Trippier moving to Newcastle for 12 million euros. Um, just what a signing. Um, I think he has a real chance at taking the captain's R-band after or off of Lascelles, especially if what's rumored, Newcastle bringing in two new center backs. Yeah. Um, would displace Lascelles from the starting lineup. Um, but uh, it's just different quality. Um, yeah. Yeah. Three years at Atletico Madrid will. It's just, it's night and day. His energy level, his intensity um, in a squad with quite a few players who seem like they're kind of sleepwalking their way out of the club. Um, there was a bunch of talk when the first takeover. Uh, when the takeover first happened, about like, oh, players will, you know, the fuel will be reignited because, you know, they know they had to fight for their spot. Um, it really isn't that way. In fact, a lot of players seem kind of terrified um, and, uh, you know, pretty much regression across the board. Um, yeah. Joe Linton is pretty much the only player who's improved. Um, but I mean, my God, he's improved so much. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, really, really great Kieran Trippier. Um, if we get relegated, we owe no extra money, um, which is awesome. If we stay up, we owe Atletico Madrid another 12 million euros. So it's like a win-win, um, I think, yeah. for Newcastle there. Um, also bringing Chris Wood from Burnley activating a release clause that yeah, was hidden deep in his contract, I suppose. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you're threatened with relegation, uh, you know, who better than an absolute lump up top to uh, yeah. bang in some poached goals. Um, but also just, you know, Chris Wood is a class player. He's one of five Yes. Uh, players okay. in Premier League or active players uh, who have scored 10 goals in every single Premier League season they've played. Um, yeah, just a class player. Um, and hopefully Newcastle aren't done. Because um, yeah. the makings are there. We just need a left back. Rumor has it uh, Robin Gussens from Atalanta. Uh, He's been out of the Atalanta lineup, supposedly, because he's trying to force his move. Um, two new center backs, Diego Carlos, please um, come save us. <laughs> and uh, a new central midfielder, uh, which is crazy because how many, how many managers in the history of the Premier League have gotten six starting 11 quality players in a January transfer window or in any transfer window? It just doesn't happen. Um, so, but I think that's really what it's going to take for uh, Newcastle to survive. Um, we talked a little bit about, um, Ferran Torres to Barcelona, um, already, um, but still such a weird signing. Um, the fact that City didn't even make that much profit feels weird. Um, yeah, but, uh. Yeah, bizarre. Any other, any other signings? Uh, not signings. I just did want to touch on um, heart problems have continued for footballers. Um, we're seeing, I guess, more and more pile up. Um, Aubameyang sent home from AFCON with heart lesions. Um, they don't think it'll be serious, but he had a long bout of COVID, and uh, you know, I think we're still discovering. Um, what COVID can do to the heart. I think same with Alfonso Davis uh, by Munich. Um, you know, it's a big issue still. Um, you got more and more. So I think, I hate the Daily Mail, obviously, but they did some sort of investigation into Premier League players. And so their conclusion was that um, the heart problems that players like Ericsson and Aguero have been having, um, players are convinced that it's um, linked to the vaccines, right? And then you've got the likes of Trevor Sinclair, uh, Matt Letizia, who are, um, you know, just pushing the agenda of uh, vaccines being bad for you. And I think this is spiraling into a bit of a problem. Um, 
I, I haven't looked into it a ton um, myself, not talking about the vaccines, um, about how COVID itself affects the heart. Um, I thought that maybe it would spur players on to to recognize that if they don't get vaccinated and if they do get COVID, that the COVID itself will um, actually be the long-term impact on their careers or, or force them to retire, etc. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been on my mind a lot. I, I feel like every couple of weeks we're seeing um, these these things about players and their hearts. And at this point, I, it's not, you know, it is more than usual. Um, and I think that's interesting and, and very concerning. Um, and the, the COVID fiasco uh, in football rumbles on. Yeah, I guess before we wrap up this podcast, we should briefly talk about the North London Derby being sure. uh, postponed. Just the you know awful precedent set um, that supposedly Arsenal only had one COVID case and managed to get mm. the North London Derby moved, which so you know from here on out every Premier League side is going to request a delay for a single COVID outbreak um, mm. or a single COVID case, which yeah I think for Newcastle would have moved I think every single match we've had this season so. Um, yeah. I just don't know what the Premier League's playing at. Yeah, me neither. That's really me it. Neither. What else can you say? Nothing. Um, as always, I do have some questions for you, Oscar Sewell. Um, Wonderful. My first one, of course, is a former Wonder Kid. Um, and this is a strange one because he is 22 years old still. Uh, this Ooh. player, he was born in Sweden, and he started playing at IFK Haninga, and then he would move to mm. IF Brahma Pushkama, uh, Brahma Pushkarna, um, before in 2015 moving to Sunderland. A dirty, filthy Macam. I think you can already <laughs> guess who this is. I can. Uh, he would spend three years at Sunderland where he was considered their brightest prospect potentially yeah. ever. Um, mm -hmm. He never really lit it up, though. It was always kind of like a potential thing. Uh, yeah. He would then move to Swansea where he would spend yeah. three years there with various loan spells. Played very poorly. Um, before, in 2021, moving to this club, can you tell me where one Joel Osoro is? Uh, I can't tell you where he is, um, but I, I, I did know who he was before you said his name, which I'm, I'm pleased with. Um, some Swedish team, I'm assuming? Yes. Do you know any Swedish teams? I, I have literally no clue, no. He is currently kicking it at Djurgården uh, Fotsbollsföreningen IF oh in goodness. the Alvenskin svenska league um oh. they're the ones they have a yellow red and blue crest um they play in i can't even uh, is georgadan yeah they play on the island of georgadan wow um which is in slightly outside of stockholm um wow. yeah uh, 22 years old and has sort of, you know, he kind of broke onto the scene when he was like 15. So, um, I guess, you know, he has plenty of time, but, uh, certainly not at the peaks that he once, you know, they once thought, um, do you have any opinions on Joel Sora? Not particularly. Um, he needs to graft, I guess, or I think he's probably found his level. Um, yeah, I don't have particular opinions. I don't remember much of him, um, like actually playing back in the day. Um, but you know, everyone knows the name Joel Osorio. Um, I can't believe he's still so young, actually. Yeah, I was quite surprised to see that he's only twenty-two. Mm. I thought he was twenty-five or something. Yeah, yeah. same. Um, okay. Uh, this is a question we've already kind of talked about. Norwich yeah. City, uh, we're mm. dead as doorknobs, nailed on for relegation. Yeah. 
they now sit above Newcastle and Burnley. Indeed. Which of Indeed. these three sides is the most likely to stay up? Uh, Newcastle, because of the natural wow. power you have. Um, I, I, I do believe that. I think you can't, yeah, you just can't look past the fact that they can recruit. Um, I think, yeah. Um, I think if you, if you do, for example, get a win, and I think you got the, the backing and the fan base and the, and the players to, to keep that up. Um, but no, I think it is a toss up at the same time. And I think Norwich are, are in it as well. Yeah. Um, you can only judge a side based on what they currently have. Um, so for now, I think we will be relegated. Um, but you know, if we sign 25 new first team players, my opinion would change overnight. So, um, for now, I still believe we will be relegated, but who knows what the future holds. Yeah. Um, Oscar Saywell, who is more yes. likely to finish in the championship or sorry, Champions League spot? West Ham Ooh. or Arsenal? Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal. Arsenal every single single day of the week. Um they I I think I did like predictions with my family and I literally put Arsenal in the top four. I think Arsenal could finish in the top four over Man U. Um, I don't yeah. think that's a controversial take. No. I think that's pretty, no. pretty fair. Yeah. Um, who is more likely to make the Europa League spot, Manchester United or Wolves? Ooh. Man U, probably. Um, I think Wolves... Wolves have been so good. Wolves have been excellent. Um, but they, they still don't score enough. Um, so I think eventually, eventually I'd expect them to stop picking up as many points as they have been over the past over the first half of the season. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. just looking at Wolves' rest of their season, they have a very tough end of the year. What does Man U's season look like? Uh, Man U have a very tough <laughs> end of the year. Um, super. Yeah, who knows? They both have tough ends of seasons, so we'll see. Um, all right, uh, and my final question for you is um, 538 gives Chelsea less than a 1% chance of finishing first in the Premier League. Wow. They are currently 13 points off first in yep. a poor run of form. After spending 132 million last summer and 272 wow. million the summer before, um, how big of a disappointment is this, and how much longer can they justify not winning the Premier League? Oh, great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, yes, it can be a disappointment. I think they can justify not winning the Premier League as long as Klopp and Guardiola are managing in the Premier League. I think it's pretty much as simple as that, especially Guardiola. Uh, there's just no one compares um and i think that uh however much <laughs> however much financial backing chelsea have man city have more and so when it comes down to it they have a better coach they have more money um what more to say um you know i think it it is definitely a disappointment for them and i was high i was high on chelsea at the beginning of this year i thought that they had recruited re- really well um, and I thought that they were they were gonna win the league. Um, and I changed my mind over the you know the the second set of predictions um, over the over the winter. But yeah, it's it's all gone a bit wrong for Chelsea. Um, and and I think this sort of the Tuchel collapse is on the verge. Um, I think he, uh, they handled the Lukaku situation f- fine, but have also failed to really get him properly involved. Um, Still, yeah, it's a disappointment, but as long as Klopp and Guardiola are in the league, you can justify not winning it. That is very fair. Mm. Um, yeah, I, you know, we both hate Chelsea, so we do. I don't. I, I don't have anything I, to add. Yeah, I love. You know why? The they suck. Yeah, yeah. You know why I ask that question? It's just so we can rag on them. Um, absolutely love to do it this has been we should um, we, we should have a pod one day where we literally just 
rag on the most hated teams uh, for an hour. Just nothing else other than pointing out the stuff we hate about all the teams we don't like. Isn't that what we do every week, Oscar? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. I'm too nice. I would like to be let off the leash and just destroy everyone. Yeah, like a a roast of the top six. Um, Yeah, maybe if the Super League uh, rumors poke their head back up again. Uh, Because I think it'd be very cathartic to get out the frustrations. Uh, When inevitably it does. Um, Oscar Saywell, anything else? Yes. No. Um, As always, you know, tweet us. Send in your questions. Uh, listen yeah. to the pod follow us all the good stuff yeah thank you for listening i'm standing <laughs>